Thanks for checking out this week's episode of Ohio Football Weekly. We hope you enjoy the podcast version of our show and would like to remind you to tune into our live show every Wednesday at 6.30 on the Yamo Media YouTube channel and Facebook page. We'd love to hear from you as we discuss this past weekend in Ohio high school football. We would also be grateful if you could leave us a five-star review on your favorite podcast platform. It really helps us out to get the word out for our show. Once again, thanks for tuning in and enjoying this week's episode of Ohio Football Weekly with special guests, Dublin Jerome head coach Brett Glass, Chillicothe Unioto head football coach Matt Hoop, Grove City head coach Greg Waits and former Ohio State linebacker Ryan Miller. So glad to have you with us here on this Wednesday evening for another edition of Ohio Football Week. We've got a jam-packed program coming up for you over the next hour. This show has been on for about the last uh, four weeks, and our focus is high school football in the state of Ohio, which we happen to think is the best high school football in the entire United States. So we focus on that. We hear from coaches. We hear from players. We have highlights for you each and every week. We talk about some of the big games, some of the great performances, and we'll do all that on the program tonight. Speaking of which, our program tonight, again, uh, jam-packed this evening. Dublin Jerome head coach Brett Glass will join us here in a few moments. His Celtics are off to an undefeated to start and they have a big game coming up on Friday night. Chillicothe Unioto head coach Matt Hoops will visit with us as well too. He has an undefeated team that has a big game coming up on Friday and also one of the really interesting stories around the area in high school football this year has been the resurgence of the Grove City program under the guidance of a Grove City guy Greg Waits is coaching the Greyhound program, and they are having a great start to the season, so we'll do all that. Also, in the second half hour of the program, our friend Ryan Miller will visit with us, former Ohio State linebacker. He and a couple of guys you may have heard of, Luke Fickle and Mike Vrabel, are the driving forces behind an organization called Second and Seven which gets books in the hands of youngsters and gives them a chance to meet and talk with some of their favorite football players. So we'll do all that coming up on the program tonight. We also this evening have with you as well, too, a poll-up. It's on our Twitter page, or my Twitter page, rather. If you go to at MartyBannister uh, on Twitter, uh, you can uh, answer our Twitter question tonight. And it's a pretty simple one. Again, none of these are scientific, but we'd like to get your responses to all of this. Uh, we're asking you tonight, should the OHSAA leave the football state championships in Stark County or rotate sites? And right now, it's a dead heat. All three choices, rotate sites, keep the games in Canton, or play only at Ohio State. All receiving votes and all in a dead heat right now in our balloting. Again, go to my uh, Twitter page, at Marty Bannister. M-A-R-T-Y-B-A-N-N-I-S-T-E-R, and you can vote on our Twitter poll, which will be up for the next hour or so. All right, let's move on. Let's talk a little high school football now. And as we mentioned, one of the teams that's off to a great start this season, they're out of the gate at 5-0, and and they are ready for a big game on Friday night with a 4-1 Thomas Worthington team, the Celtics of Dublin Jerome High School. And visiting with us right now is their second-year head coach, Brett Glass. Coach, First of all, we appreciate you spending some time with us. I know it's right in the middle of practice. You've got interviews to do and some of the other things going on right now. But we thank you for spending some time. Uh, we'll talk about your football team and your program here in a moment. But uh, you and I talked last year before one of the games we did uh, on Spectrum TV last season with uh, Matt DeRazio. It was your first go-around as the head coach at Jerome. And you had, ended up having a very good season last year. But it had to be a tough move for me. You're a Jonathan Alder guy. You graduated there. You played there. But this is one of those special type of jobs uh, that if you were going to leave your alma mater, it would be for a position like this, right? Yeah, absolutely. It had to, it had to be a good fit. Um, and, you know, I talked to my wife a lot about it. And, you know, it's, I had some familiarity with the school because um, my principal from Jonathan Alder is a principal here now um, at Dublin Jerome, Mike Aron. Um, didn't have to move, you know, it's neighboring school districts. So all those things kind of played into it and it had to be the perfect spot and the perfect time. And uh, I'm glad I'm here. 
it's a program and it's a district rather that's just oozing with talent. All three schools, yours, Kaufman uh, and uh, Dublin Sciota, uh, there's just a plethora of talent running through the halls at, at all those schools. And that has made, I think, the transition a little bit easier for you. I mean, you walked into a program that was pretty well stocked when you got there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, Coach, Coach Guestwich, who was here before me, did a really good job. Um, kids knew how to work. Um, they were tough kids. Um, and we've got, you know, really good skill kids and good offensive linemen. And like you said, the cupboard wasn't bare. It definitely um, was something I looked into. You know, when you're thinking about taking a job, you want to make sure it's a place you can be successful. Uh, and, and Jerome definitely is that. Um, so, yeah, it's been it's been a great transition into year two. And um, like I said, just we have really good kids. And like you said, a lot of talent walking the halls. How, how much easier, Coach, does that make it? And you hit on a key point, and uh, almost every coach we talk to on this program says the same thing. We have good kids. And a lot of times that's a generic coach's term, I guess. But with a lot of programs, that's accurate, and it's 100% true. And I think you saw that last year with your players having to go through a transition with a new head coach, and it's carried over to this year. You really have good kids in your program, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. You know, not just not just good football players, but good you know, young men that, that do the right things in the classroom. And, and I got to know I'm getting to coach speak and all those things, but, um, but really good young men that, that compete their butts off each and every Friday night, because um, without that, you know, no football program is going to be very successful. When you were at Jonathan Alder, you ran a style that worked for the program and for the type of talent that you have. Did you make any major changes when you came to Jerome or did you, did you instill that same type of style that you like to run on both sides of the football? It's funny you mentioned that. We, we do the exact same thing. Um, I believe in certain <laughs> things and I'll always tweak based on what, what we have. But some of my players from Jonathan Alder came to our playoff game last year. Um, and, you know, they did talk to me after the game and told me, hey, I can call the plays out. I know exactly what they are because they're <laughs> the exact same thing um, and, and, and certain things like that. So, um, yeah, really haven't changed a whole lot, even terminology-wise. Uh, our, our kids from Jonathan Allard could probably come over here and play right now just because it's very similar. But we're always going to tweak what we do year in and year out based on the talent, but um, pretty much the same thing. And, and and that's a testament to the kids here that, um, you know, have been able to adapt to what, to what we feel is the, the best way to win. I want to give you a chance to talk about some of those guys on both sides of the ball here in a moment, Coach. But I was looking at your schedule before we brought you on. Uh, you've only played one team with a losing record to, to date. Looking at the rest of your schedule, no one has a losing record the rest of the way out. Well, what has the start been like for you? I know you had some talent coming back this year. Uh, you've got a big one coming up with Thomas Worthington on uh, on, on Friday night. But uh, it's, it may sound like an odd question to ask us, but did you expect to be 5-0 and hitting this point in the season? You know, I, I'd always say we expect to win every game. Um, but, you know, breaking in some new players and things and with our tough non-out-of-conference uh, schedule, um, you just don't know as a coach. Um, but it's always our goal, obviously, to win every every single game. And we knew we had a good core coming back, you know, having a quarterback back, having three offensive linemen back, um, the, the most of our front six on defense uh, back. We, we knew we were going to have a good team. Uh, you're never sure how good until you get out there and actually play. Um, but the kids are proving it right now and, and playing pretty well. And our, our non-conference was a great way to get us ready for our, our league schedule here because, you know, as a head coach, you like to get in there and, beginning of the year, if you have 10 games, take five and mark W's next to, but there's definitely not that with our schedule. Um, each and every game, if you look at our scores, we're not really blowing anybody out. Um, we've been down a few times in the second half and our, our kids have battled and gotten us here to 5-0 and and that's going to help us moving forward because it's not going to get any easier as we move into conference play. 
When you play an intra-district rival, as you did a couple of weeks back when you took on Kaufman, and knowing the success that Kaufman has had over the years, there's a different feel about those games, aren't there, when you play that style of game against that type of opponent that's had, I mean, let's face it, they've kind of been the big dog in the area for a long time in that part of the city, as far as high school football is concerned. Uh, they've had a pretty good run. Uh, but to play them, it's a different week, and it takes on a different type of intensity, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I think, you know, our, our kids know a lot of their kids. Their kids know a lot of our kids. You know, um, a lot. Uh, some of the coaches are, are pretty close. Some of their actual coaches at Kaufman have actually coached here with, with some of the guys that are holdovers from Coach Guestwich's staff um, previously. So everybody knows everybody. Um, but the, the biggest thing was just the intensity and the rivalry and the, you know, the student support. Before the game, we walked out for pregame warm-ups and, and it's 6 o'clock and both student sections are filled and they're chanting back and forth at each other. It's just a different environment um, completely than, than most games we have here. And uh, just a great game for, you know, Dublin City Schools and, and for all the kids get to participate and, you know, finally get one. Because uh, <laughs> if, if you know anything about the series, I think it was 6-0 Kaufman or 7-0 Kaufman. So we finally chalked one up there for, uh, for Jerome, which was great. Coach, are those games good for a school district, those intra-division, uh, intra-district games? I hear, I hear a lot of talk both sides on that. Are those games good for a school district? I personally love it. You know, I think it's it's great for the community. I mean, seeing eight, ten thousand people in the stands, all the kids running around, all the all the pageantry that goes with not just high school football, but those big rivalry games. I think Hilliard schools would tell you the same thing with, you know, Davidson, Bradley, and uh, Darby all playing each other. I just, I, it doesn't get much better than that, uh, for as far as I'm concerned. And you know, it's you have rivals in, in every sport or every school, but being the same district uh, is just a little different. You touched on a couple of your players a moment ago. Let me get, I want to give you a chance before we let you go tonight to talk about some of those guys. Take us on both sides of the ball. Offensively, who's kind of carrying you right now? Defensively, who are some of your standouts on that side of the ball? Yeah, off, offensively, our, our quarterback has been really solid. I know everybody likes to talk about their quarterback, but Zach Shearhart, second-year starter, um, he's like another coach on the field. Again, cliche there, but, but it's true, and he's thinking the same thing I'm thinking and uh, gets us in the right calls and, and puts the ball where it needs to be. And our offensive line's been really good. Um, you know, we've had a number of games where we rushed for close to 300 yards. Um, so those guys, you know, our starting offensive line, Dave McClinsky, Colton Bauman, uh, Mason Williams, Preston Weston-Scow, and who am I forgetting? Oh, Kyla LaRosa, um, who, who is an absolute uh, beast on both sides for us. And then our running backs have done really well. Uh, running the ball, Luke McLaughlin um, is our leader's a little banged up right now, um, but we're hoping to get him back soon. And then uh, Kale. Hawk has done a good job filling in for Luke. And then, you know, our receivers, Zach Thomas, Merrick Zagornis, Braden Alford, Preston Stuckey. So I know I named a lot of guys there, but it hasn't been a one-man show. It's not one where we're, you know, throwing it every single play or, or you know, running it every single play. So everybody kind of has to do their job. And, and defensively, our, our standouts, LaRosa has been an absolute man um, on both sides, defensive tackle, but also plays offensive line against Dublin Kaufman. He's six to 280 pounds and it was 80 some degrees and he didn't come off the field for one offensive or defensive snap played wow. the entire game which is just super impressive uh brady sestilli is another guy that's in five games has over 50 tackles um played inside linebackers been really good and just all around our defensive front uh Derek hole um Caden <clears throat> Lockwood, a couple other guys in the front front six have played really well and our, and our secondary is growing up we start mostly juniors there so and then I, I can't not say Carter Holden, our kicker, you know, obviously in the Kaufman game, um, made three field goals, and that was the difference in the game. We won by nine. So, um, you know, all around just a huge effort by all of our guys so far and just uh, want to keep it going. 
you said something a moment ago about the Kaufman game where it was very warm and humid that night. It was 90 degrees on the practice field today. It's going to be like in the 60s on Friday. What was that like? Did you, did you do anything different this week? To, to, or you just, well, it's what it is. Let's just go out and practice and not worry about it. Yeah. yeah, I tell our kids we can only control what we can control, and weather is not one of them. So we just kind of, <laughs> kind of do it now. Today, today we, we had to kind of navigate some some stormy weather around and, mm-hmm. you know, thought you know, with storms and everything, and you can't really do anything about that either. But, yeah, it's going to be 90 today and then 65, probably about 60 at kickoff on Friday. So I, you know, remind them to still hydrate and all those things we've been doing all year. But, um, yeah, definitely a, a strange feel, and especially tomorrow when we come out for practice, it's probably going to be in the low 60s as well. So, but yeah, I didn't really do anything different. Just maybe, you know, make sure we're hydrating all those things a little more when it's when it's 90 degrees in late September. You touched on Friday, a big one with Thomas Worthington coming up. Uh, they may have surprised a few people. They're four and one going into Friday night's game. Uh, give me some thoughts on the on the Cardinals team you'll face on on Friday night. Yeah, just very well coached. Um, do a lot of things offensively, throwing the football. They also have a good running back, but um, they're they're going to want to throw it around a little bit and. Uh, the biggest thing with them, I think, and Coach Piketty would tell you this, is they started a lot of young guys last year. Um, and we went over there and played them, and they, it was a close game for a half, and then we kind of pulled away. But you could see it coming that they were going to be a solid team this year. Um, their defensive front's really good. They got three. They play a three-down front. They have three really good defensive linemen, uh, good linebackers, um, you know, <clears throat> guys that have played a lot of football for them. So I'm sure he's feeling good about his team with, with all those guys coming back from last year. But – just a really solid team and you know they've had a good season so far and you know you were talking about Grove City earlier that's that's their one loss there so um, just you know we're gonna have to be on it on Friday night because Thomas is uh, much improved. Brett Glass, the head football coach at Dublin Jerome. A pleasure speaking with you. We thank you for joining us and spending some time with us. I know you've got a busy evening ahead of you. Best of luck on Friday night. We certainly hope to get a chance to talk to you as the season progresses. Thanks again. Yeah, Marty. Marty, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. All right, take care. Brett Glass, the head coach again at Dublin Jerome. And, yeah, uh, it, it was a tough move. I recall talking to Coach last year uh, before the game they did with – or before the game we called with Marysville last season. What the, it was like to leave – he when he went to Jonathan Alder. He played at Jonathan Alder. He coached at Jonathan Alder. And then to make the move – and, again, a very close – if you're not familiar with that part of the uh, region, uh, it's not all that far from Jonathan Alder to Dublin Jerome. So to make that move uh, from a logistical standpoint wasn't very hard. But – from a, I guess maybe a emotional standpoint uh, was one that uh, he had to deal with, and it certainly worked out very well for him. So again, we appreciate Brett Glass for joining us and uh, thank him for his time and best of luck to his team. Big game with Thomas Worthington coming up on Friday night. Speaking of top teams around the state, time now to take a look at our Super Seven from week number five of the high school football season. These are the top seven ranked teams in the state, according to the Associated Press. We'll break them down by division, and we'll start at the top with Division One, and we have a new Division One number one. It's Cincinnati Moeller. They have moved to 5-0. They ascended to the top spot after the prior number one, Lakewood St. Ed, lost to Massillon, Washington. Moeller's 5-0. They knocked off their, well, it's not fair to say huge rival because every team that Moeller plays in the Greater Catholic League is a huge rival, but it's one of their biggest. They beat St. Xavier last week by the final of 20-17. This week, they have a matchup at 2-3, and three, Cincinnati LaSalle, Moeller, the number one team in the state now in Division One. Moving to Division Two, Akron Hoban stays atop at 5-0. They beat Cleveland St. Ignatius last week, 28-7. 
First game this year where they didn't score at least 43 points. They only scored 28 in the win. They have a big one coming up this Friday night when they take on 4-1 Walsh Jesuit. They are the number one team in the state in Division Two. Moving down to Division Three, the number one team is Hamilton Baden. They've posted back-to-back -back shutouts. Last week beat Hamilton Ross 23-0. They have a Saturday game coming up. They'll host 3-2 Archbishop Carroll in a matchup. And again, the Division Three number one is Hamilton Baden. Division Four, Cleveland Glenville stays atop the state. They are 5-0, the Tar Blooders this season. It's been interesting, if you look at their schedule, they've shut out three of their opponents. The other two games, they've won each by a touchdown. Last week, a shutout as they blanked Cleveland Collinwood 44-0. They are at 2-3 Cleveland Roads coming up this week. In Division 5, the number one ranked team in the state, the Fighting Tigers of Ironton. They only have two games left this season with winning teams, uh, teams with winning records, I should say. But both those teams are currently 5-0. Last week, they knocked off the Pointers of South Point, 55-12. They play host to 2-3 Chesapeake coming up this Friday night. In Division 6, Marion Local continues to roll right along. Huge win last week. They gave up 16 points, the most they'd given up in a game all season long because in the prior four games, they'd allowed just a grand total of seven points. They posted four st or three straight shutouts going into the game last week. They beat New Bremen again 38-16. They have a huge game coming up with Versailles this week, one of the top-ranked teams in the state in Division 6. Speaking of Division 6, Warren JFK. Uh, Division 7, I'm sorry. Uh, Division 7, Warren JFK is the number one team in the state. They're 5-0. They beat Marlington last week by the count of 28-7. First time they've played a team with a losing record this season. They play at 5-0 Mogador this week, which is number 6 in the state in Division 6. So that is your Super 7, if you will, around the state of Ohio, according to the Associated Press. We will take a quick time out. When we come back, we will talk a little football from the Ross County Chillicothe area. When we visit with the head coach of the Chillicothe Unioto Shermans, Matt Hoops will visit with us when we come back. Great to have you with us for this edition of Ohio Football Weekly. Hello, I am Annie J. Ross Womack, the Executive Director of the Ohio Sickle Cell and Health Association. And I'm here to talk to the parents and student athletes about a very important topic. The NCAA has instituted different standards for all divisions of student athletes. Before you can play sports in any college or university, you must present a negative trait status or hemoglobin status documentation. Your hemoglobin status is taken at birth with the newborn screening. And what they do is they run your blood for any abnormality or any birth defect. There are thousands of newborn screening birth defects in this country. For more information about sickle cell disease, sickle cell trait testing, you can call our offices at 614-228-0157. Or you can visit us via web at ohiosicklecell.org. And welcome back to this edition of Ohio Football Weekly. We're going to switch gears just a little bit and visit with Chillicothe Uni Odo head football coach Matt Hoops coming up a little bit later on in the program. Earlier today, I had a chance to spend some time with Ryan Miller, former Ohio State linebacker. And Ryan, along with some of the guys he played with back in the day, back at Ohio State, he played with guys like Luke Fickle and Mike Vrabel. And one of the things they had to do when they were players was go out and meet with area school children and read stories to them, read books, take them to go to libraries. And, and, got a, and they, they got a chance to meet these youngsters and give back a little bit into the community. And with that in the back of his mind, Ryan Miller and his former teammates formed an organization that is doing great things still to this day. It's called Second and Seven. And earlier today I had a chance to ask my friend Ryan Miller about Second and Seven. 
Absolutely. All right, let's talk about the real reason I wanted to bring you on today. Uh, you're part of a, a great uh, a foundation, a great setup, second and seven. And let's just do the basics with this and the remaining moments that we have. Take us number one. What exactly is second and seven? How did it get started? And what does it do? So when I was a student athlete at Ohio State, they, the pay it forward mentality has been huge ever since Woody Hayes. So when I was there, they asked us to do various community outreach initiatives. One of which I remember was I had to go to a school and read to them during uh, Dr. Seuss's birthday. It was right to read week. And me, Mike and Luke, Mike Vrabel and Luke Fickle, we went and we read to a school. And I remember thinking to myself prior to going, like, what am I doing? I'm wasting my time. I got to focus on Penn State this week. I got a test in chemistry. I got my girlfriend's breaking up with me. I mean, I got all this stuff going on, right? And I didn't want to waste my time going to this school. Me, Mike, and Luke going to the school, and we start to read. And then the kids were just, they, they couldn't believe we were like superheroes to them. They're hugging on us and thanking us for being there. The next week, I got stuff in the mail from them. And I just thought, holy cow, my sphere of influence is significantly greater than I ever imagined. When we graduated, Mike and Luke and I were lifting weights. And we were talking about what we missed about Ohio State. And one of the things I missed was being able to communicate with the kids in the city and go and read to them because I felt like it was a big impact. So Mike and Luke were like, why don't we keep doing that? We don't, then just because we're not playing doesn't mean we, we can't continue to do that. So we thought, well, let's get, okay, let's continue to do that. But instead of just going and reading, like getting the book from the, from the principal, we decided to have a football camp to raise money to buy books to then go read to second graders. And second graders was, was a focal point because if you can get kids on track in the second grade to love to read and get them up to par, life is significantly better, right? Cascade, right? Yeah, the, the, yeah. If, if they're not, then that gap widens. And then it's like the fundamentals we talked about, right? Reading mm -hmm. is a fundamental. And if you can't read at your grade level by the time you're in fourth grade, statistics will bear out that the incarcerations, your crime, dropping out of school, all sorts of bad stuff um, can be tied to literacy rates. So we decided to dig in. We raised enough money to buy enough books to go to second graders at seven schools that first year. So we called it second and seven, second graders, seven schools. Um, and then the next year our football camp grew. We went to more schools. The next year the camp grew even more. And I went to Gene Smith, who was a new athletic director at the time and said, hey, this was something we started as a small idea. Now I've got so many books here in my garage. I don't know what to do with all this stuff. Can you please help me with the student athletes at Ohio State? So he made it a departmental initiative. And since that day forward, every year, all the student athletes at Ohio State sign up. They read on Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays with Columbus Public Schools, Southwestern City Schools. Um, when coaches have left to go to their programs, they have taken uh, second and seven with them. So now second and seven, 23 years later, is in 26 different states, 192 different universities and high schools have athletes reading to children. We've donated nearly a million books to those, those kids, and we're super pumped because this November, we're opening up a brand new book bank. People through the years wanted to donate books to us, and now we're able to take them. So we'll be able to sort through the gently used and new ones. We'll be able to keep and redistribute to classrooms, communities, children. Um, the ones that need to go to Book Heaven, we'll send them on their way, and so on and so forth. But um, we're enhancing the program this year, which is exciting. But it's been a, a labor of love. We've seen a lot of impact in the community with not only those second graders, but those student athletes, you know, having that sphere of influence realization that I once had. And so the, the whole program has been very positive. A lot of great people uh, have been involved through the years. And so, you know, I'm glad you brought it up because it's something that's been very, very 
um, it's a point of pride, I think, that uh, a lot of us that have been involved with uh, have felt. It's such a great idea. Uh, there's no question because, as you mentioned, uh, the, the, the kids looked at you like superheroes. I mean, you're football players. You, you understood that. But the way they looked at you, if you can spur one kid, that's going to go to another and go to, as you said, go to another, go to another. And it's, uh, you, you hit one, then you start hitting them all. And that's the, the whole point of all of it. Uh, as, as we wrap up here, we get a couple moments left. Uh, you've got a big event coming up on September the 26th. Uh, do you golf? Or are, you, are you part of this? Or are you going to try? No, that's, part of, that's borderline offensive. I'm such a good athlete, Marty. I mean, come on now. You know that I can golf. I mean, that's like asking me, can I shoot baskets? Yeah, of course I can. <laughs> I just can you can't golf, golf that well. Okay, there's a difference. Okay. Yeah. So I've got a set of clubs. So I don't know if that makes me a golfer, but I <laughs> and I enjoy going out there with my buddies. But uh, yeah, this this Monday, the 26th, we've got it's called the Pay It Forward Golf Outing. We're honoring Archie Griffin this year with our Legacy of Literacy Award. Uh, he's been such an instrumental part in paying it forward through the years. He's touched our lives and our program. We actually write our own children's books the last 15 years, and one of the characters is our Uncle Archie. Um, based upon Archie Griffin. He's been such a dynamic individual, uh, an inspiration to a lot of people through the years. So we're going to honor him. And he's uh, kind of joins a nice group of individuals in the past. Coach Cooper's won that award. Coach Tressel, um, uh, Ike Kelly has won the award. And, uh, and so it's, it's, been a, it's been a really, really fun thing for us to be able to honor uh, Archie this year at the golf outing. It'll be at the lakes uh, on the 26th. And uh, for those who uh, who want to know more about Second and Seven, uh, as uh, everything else these days, I'm sure you have a website. I'm sure you have a way for people can, who can reach out and perhaps get involved or help out or, or, or want to see what this is all about. Yeah, it's simple. You just spell it out, secondandseven.com. And to your point, Marty, if, if somebody's interested in volunteering and being a part of our book bank and going through and looking through those gently new and used books, or if they want to go deliver some of those to some of the uh, boys and girls clubs or some of the libraries um, at the different schools or even the little libraries around the community or if they wanted to help us pick up some different things there's plenty of opportunities to get involved so secondand7.com all spelled out you'll have a you'll you'll see there the the information about the book bank as well as everything else about the program about how you can donate your time talent or your treasure Always great catching up with you, my friend. I'm very pleased with what you're doing. I'm sure it's, uh, as I can tell, just by looking at your face, it's a labor of love for you. I hope you enjoy a great deal. Good seeing you, well, my friend. It's great seeing you, and I can't believe you're a grandpa. So you're probably the greatest grandpa in the history of the world, man. I, you know, that is congratulations. And, uh, well, I think days, I am. So I think I am. So that's all yeah, I'm, I'm sure one of these days I'd like to see him. Maybe I can get his knees bent and get him ready to pre-snap alignment. He's going to be a hockey player. My son's already decreed that, 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 that my grandson's going to be a hockey player. That's already determined. So. Well, then he's going to be tough. I like it. <laughs> Visiting with us, former Ohio State linebacker, talking about his Second and Seven Foundation, which is doing just great things and uh, helping youngsters around the central Ohio area. And, and as you heard, it's branching out all across the nation right now. And again, thanks to Ryan for spending some time with us as well, too. And we'll have more of our conversation. There are some other great topics that Ryan and I had a chance to dive into as well. Uh, that time didn't permit us to bring on the program tonight, but I wanted to make sure we had a chance to tell you about Second and Seven. We'll have those all available for you on all of our social media outlets here and there. You see right there, at Yamo On Air, Yamo Media Columbus, at Yamo Media, at Yamo Media. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, all the social media platforms you can find us and you'll be able to hear and see 
all of our interviews and all of our content, which we are so pleased to bring you each and every week here on Ohio Football Weekly. All right, let's move along now. We've already brought you the Super 7. Well, let's go around the state and catch some of the notable, some of the big performances and some of the big games at the halfway point of the season last week. Let's start with, well, we're going to hear more about this team coming up in a moment, the Grove City Greyhounds coming out of the gate at 4-1. and They had a big win over Marysville last week, 48-35. You see at the bottom of the screen, now, this is the program that's turned things around with four wins and five outings. We'll talk to head coach Greg Waits coming up here in a couple of minutes. Nice game by Matthew Pappas last week uh, in the air and running the football. 448 yards passing, 104 yards rushing the football in the win for Grove City. Moving on to Wilmington in the south central part of the state. Their defense, the big part of what they've been able to do this season. Their special teams and defense have scored in every game so far this year. They've had a safety, two fumble returns for touchdowns, four, count them, four pick sixes this year, and a punt return for a touchdown. So Wilmington's defense, a big part of the hurricane success to this point of the season. Lamar Sperling continues to chalk up some immense numbers at Akron Hoban. Last week against St. Ignatius, he carried the football for 29 times, I carried the football rather, 29 times for 232 yards. We're at the halfway point, and this young man has already rushed for 1,200-plus yards on the season. He'll be playing his college football in the Mid-American Conference at the University of Buffalo. Akron Hoban's Lamar Sperling. Antwerp with a big win last week as he moved to the northwest part of the state. They moved into a first-place tie in the Green Meadows Conference. The first time they've been that been in that position in the GMC this point in the season since 2003. The school has never won a football title in the Green Mountain Conference, or the Green, Green Meadows Conference, rather. And right now they find themselves tied for first place. The Centerville Elks had a big game last week against their rival in the Western Ohio part of the state, Northmont. And this game last weekend was interesting. Uh, the folks at CNBC were on hand. Uh, they were doing a story on Centerville using their Riddell helmets. The helmets track hits to the head to help prevent injuries and bad techniques. They had little sensors in the helmets to kind of track all of that that was going on throughout the game. And they had a, a bit on that on CNBC as, uh, again, safety is such a major part of what goes on in high school football these days, and this was a big part of that, and that was a focus of the story on CNBC. Dominic Johnson of Hawken last week only scored seven touchdowns, rushed for 181 yards, four scores, 68 yards, receiving a couple of touchdowns, had a kick return for a touchdown, and had another touchdown called back in that game, or he would have scored eight times last week in Hawkins' win. So congratulations to that young man for his big week for Hawken and Lexington off to a great start a 22 to 21 win over their rival from the Ohio Cardinal Conference Worcester they scored all 22 of their points in the fourth quarter AJ Young to Brandon Fogel for the game-winning score the 11th biggest comeback so far this season in the state they scored all 22 of their points in the fourth quarter coming from behind to win that game last week and Clinton Massey off the schneid finally the defending state champions got their first win of the year when they knocked off Harrison 31 to 17 as is their way they, they didn't attempt to pass in the game, ran the ball 49 times, and churned out 343 yards in the victory as the defending state champions got their first victory of the season. So congratulations to Clinton Massey. That's a staff that's done a great job with that program over the years. And it's not surprising when I say uh, they didn't run the foot or they didn't pass the football. That's, that's, their, that's their, their mindset. Uh, they don't want to throw it unless they absolutely positively have to do so. So congratulations to them on getting a win here this season. 
Big games coming up around the state of Ohio and around central Ohio. And as we touched on in our notables, young man who had a big night plays for a team that's off to a pretty good start this year. They're 4-1 on the season. It's the Greyhounds of Grove City. They play in the treacherous Ohio Capital Conference. They're at 4-1 right now. And joining us on the program tonight here on Ohio Football Weekly is head coach Greg Waits. Coach, we appreciate you spending some time with us this evening. Thanks so much. Congratulations on the start. You're a guy, you were the head basketball coach for a number of years. You, you, you were the assistant football coach. You decided to come back and take the football coaching job. Uh, you're a Grove City guy. Was this a dream situation for you, I guess, in some respects? No, I don't know if it was a dream situation, but, you know, just, just being a part of Grove City High School and the Grove City community and, and this football program is just an amazing thing. I mean, and I just, I've always, I always wanted to be the head football coach of Grove City and the time it just seemed was never right. You know, I, I, I went for it a couple of times, withdrew my name a couple of times over the years. And like this just seemed to be the right time and the right fit for myself and our coaches to get involved in. And I got lucky enough, got fortunate, got the job. And now, you know, the kids are doing a great job for us. For those who don't know the history of the Grove City football program for years, they were one of the dominant forces in Central Ohio. I mean, make no mistake about it. That program was really uh, a force in the OCC. Uh, I, if I'm not mistaken, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, but did not they always say that the dogs on the helmet stood for defense always win games? Is that correct? That's you know, back back in the days of Brian Cross. You know, yeah, Brian, Brian Cross, Cross, right, right. Brian, Brian, I remember all we were all sitting around talking about it one time, and he talked about we're going to be called the dogs. You know, defense always wins games, and you know, and that's how that's how Brian Faith you know built his program. You know, physicality and just being physical every single game. And he talked to our kids about we are going to be the most physical team on the field tonight, and that's and that was the mentality that Brian set years and years ago, and obviously it was very successful. And uh, out of the gate now at 4-1 and one is Greg Waits' team. There you see some of the highlights of their game against Marysville last week, which is a big win against a pretty good football team from Marysville, a 48-35 victory last week. I, I was going to reference, Coach, when I asked you about the, the, the dogs uh, uh, thing on the side of the helmets that Grove City had uh, for the longest time. But this was a program, as I mentioned, that was really uh, a major force in Central Ohio high school football. Then there were a couple of years where the program was, uh, because of budgets and things along those lines, it was a struggle. We make no mistake about it and I think that kind of set the program back for a while but it's you've got it back on the right track now at four and one did it seem like you were ever going to get back to this point you know you know I certainly was hoping so because you know this is a place that I know and love and I've been around here all my life you know other than my four years down in Georgia going to college but um you know I I knew we had some special kids you know, here at Grove City and um, and some special coaches and obviously our community is just second to none when it comes to supporting our football program and, and athletics in general at Grove City High School. But I knew we had some special kids. As soon as we saw them in the weight room this winter, I knew it was going to be special. And up to this point, our kids are bought in and they've done an outstanding job. We're so proud of them. Coach, how much does it help your program and what you were trying to instill in this program that you're a Grove City guy. This is, you played mm -hmm. there. You've coached there. As you said, you've only been away from the program four years when you went, went out of state to, to go to college. How much does it help that you are, for lack of a better term, a Grove City guy? You know, I, I think that's a big thing because obviously I know quite a few people in this city, you know, and the obviously the administration, the teachers and all the kids and the parents of Grove City. So it was a very easy transition to come in and take this job over and then knowing what we needed to do to get this program turned around. When you're opener in overtime, then a 7-3 loss to a, a good Hilliard-Davidson team, and then you've ripped off three straight victories. How important was it for you, Coach, 
to get that first game and the way and win it the way you did in overtime over Sciota, how important was that for you? Well, and that was really important because because our kids, our kids, obviously they believe they believe in what we're trying to do and what they're trying to do. And then that first game against Devon Sciota was just nip and tuck back and we got down fourteen to nothing right away. You know, and it could have been one of those things where, oh my gosh, you know. There's no way that our kids are going to think, oh, here we go again, here we go again, same old thing. But, you know, I, I grabbed our quarterback, Matt, Pat, Matthew Pappas, who is just an outstanding young man. I grabbed him when it was 14 out, and I said, hey, we're going to go score. We're going to get right back in this game. I said, we are going to get every possession that's going to be positive for us. And Matthew looked at me and goes, coach, I got you. You know, and right after that, we went right down and scored, and then the whole mindset just turned. The kids started believing again about this lion mentality that we talk to our kids about all the time, you know, about, you know, the lion is not the largest animal in the jungle. You know, the, yeah, the elephant is, but you know, the lion is the king of the jungle because he doesn't care, you know, how big you are, how fast you are, where you come from, what you've done in the past. He's going to go out and he's going to feed his family. And he is, if he wants it bad enough, he is going to make find a way to make things happen. And that's the mentality we sort of try to talk to our kids about ever since the winter. And that lion mentality came out right there against Saga when it was 14 and nothing. And our kids knew as soon as we scored that we were going right back in this game, we were going to win it. Coach, you mentioned that mindset where, oh, no, here we go again, and trying to wipe mm -hmm. all of that out. I think that's very interesting you brought that up because I was going to ask you that with the way that game was playing itself out against Sciota. But the great thing is you, you come back the next week and then you lose a tough one to a very good Hilliard-Davidson team by the final 7-3, to mm -hmm. and now you've ripped off four straight. So that mentality is obviously kind of gone right now with your program, isn't it? Oh, oh, absolutely. Our, our kids believe that. We talk to our kids. If you're great in the weight room every every three days a week, if you're great in practice, you're going to be great on Friday nights. And so far, our kids have been great in the weight room, and they've been great in practice, and they're just so much fun to be around, and the kids are having a great time, and so are we as coaches. And I think that's the mindset these guys have now is they don't care who you are, where you are, how big or how fast you are. They're going to come out and compete every single day in practice and then especially on friday nights because they know we got a tough schedule ahead of us absolutely i'll ask you about that coming up here in a moment i mentioned also when we were showing some of the highlights of uh, what your team has, has done and we put some of matthew pappas's numbers up and we'll, we'll talk about him in a moment as well too but we put that mark on there of 12 and 68 kids these days I mean, their memories aren't that aren't that long. They don't know things like that. You know it, I right. know it, but they don't know those right. things. So exactly. I think that has to help as well too, because these kids don't know what the program didn't do in the the, the in back in 2012 or 2009. They're focused on right now, so that has to be a big advantage for you as well too. Is this this is where we are now? Let's worry about right now. Exactly, and that's the way we approach every single day. Like I have all these people ask me all the time, "Hey, you got a big game this week? Oh, what about next week?" No. We don't care about who we play next week. The biggest game is the one we are playing, and that's the one our kids are focused on. Like, New Albany is our biggest game of the year right now because it's the one we're playing, and that's the mindset that we as coaches and our team has taken every single day. We don't look ahead. We don't look backwards. We move forward, and we get ready to get after the next team we're playing. That's the, that's the Ohio State-Michigan game, every game for us, whoever we're playing. 
Your offense right now has churned out over 40 or more points in each of the last three games. We mentioned the numbers that Matthew Pappas put up uh, last week in the big win over Marysville. Let's break down both sides of the football, Coach. Talk about, along with a guy like Matthew Pappas, some of your standouts on offense, then take me over to the defensive side of the ball, too. Yeah, and, you know, and I, I guess our mindset on offense was, and we talked to our kids way back in February about this when we first got the job. You know, our, our number one goal, we, we want to run 80, 85 plays every game. Like in the past, we've been running 40, 45 plays a game, maybe if that. We had to figure out ways how we were going to be have a chance to be successful and win. And we, we thought like when I was a basketball coach, we said we had to figure out a way to win in this league we played in basketball. And we were going to run as fast as humanly possible and try to get a shot up every four or five seconds. And you know, so we sort of got our heads together and said, in football, we're going to get out here. We're not running the wing tee anymore. We're not running the football anymore. We are going to try to snap the ball every 10 seconds. And that's what we've been trying to do. And tempo is our friend. And we tell our kids that every day, tempo, tempo, tempo. And our kids have really bought into it. When we first started doing it this summer, oh, my gosh, our kids are like, this. oh, my gosh, what's going on? They're dying. But, you know, now, now they're in really good shape. And they love it. They come over to the sideline all the time. Coach, we got a tempo faster, faster, faster. And that's the way we think that we have a chance to, to compete with some of the teams in our league, which our league is just outstanding from top to bottom. So offensively, that's what we're trying to do is spread it out. We're going we're gonna to throw it around. We're going to chuck it around. We're going to have fun doing it. And then we're going to mix in some runs. Like we like last game, I think we threw it 40-some-odd times, and we ran 30. So, I mean, so we're, we're getting – we're pretty 50-50. And, um, well, not quite 50-50, but – but you know it's getting close to that way because we we got a great we got a great offensive line. These kids are big, strong, and they enjoy what we're doing. And we have some really good skilled receivers. And then our quarterback, you know Matthew Pappas, what a leader. You know what a kid. This kid, you know he checks, he clocks in every single day. And for the two two hours and twenty minutes we're out there, he is nonstop because I coach him and. He, he doesn't have a break. That kid is 100%. When we're on defense, we're on special teams, he is down doing footwork drills, scramble drills, throwing the ball, doing um, RPOs. He is nonstop. And he's one of those kids that he anything that comes his way positive, he deserves because he works for every single thing. Defensively, Coach, what stands out there for you right now? Oh, and, and defensively, you know, we um, it, Marysville, first of all, last week, Marysville, they're an outstanding team. Coached really well, and they're big physical kids. In the first half, we did a great job. We only gave up seven points. In the second half, we didn't do a good job running downhill and just really playing physical. But, but we have some outstanding – we got some hitters on defense. Kids are going to play. And our defense coordinator, Chris Farbizo, does an outstanding job with those kids, putting them in the right place for our kids to be successful. And our kids on the defensive side, I mean, they believe it. They fly around, and that's what we wanted to do. We wanted to fly around. We didn't want our kids thinking too much. We wanted things simple. And our kids are buying into it, and they are flying around, and they play extremely hard on defense. And we want to be the most physical team out there also. Coach, I would think that this is a style that kids, I would think, react very well to it. This type of up tempo, let, let's go. We're going to play this mm -hmm. way. If you want to play with us, that's fine. If if you don't, well, then we're going to run right past you. You have to. That, that's a mentality I think kids really enjoy. Oh yeah, and and our kids know they they come to the sidelines, you know, and they're like, let's go, let's go. We know, we know. Our mindset is every possession. Hey, we're, we're going to go out there and we're going to score. 
And sometimes we do, sometimes we don't, but our kids believe it. Our kids believe in the tempo and they love it. And if and if, it, if I get the daggum playing too slow, our kids are like, come on, coach, let's go. I'm like, you're right. We got to get it in faster. That's on me. So, but our, our kids are enjoying it. They love it. And they, and it's just, a, it's a fun way to play the game. Got a big one coming up Friday night with a pretty good New Albany team that's uh, had a great oh, yeah. run the last couple of years. They're four and one. What stands out about this Eagles team you'll face on Friday, Coach? Yeah, and and they're just they're very similar to Marysville on offense. They run the wing tee to perfection. The coaches they do a great job with it, and and defensively, you know they 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 get after you. They blitz, they plug, they lightning sun. They do an awful lot of stuff on defense. You know that we we're preparing for right now, and it's tough to prepare for them, but um. But they're really coached really well, and offensively they run their wing tee to perfection. And we got our hands full trying to stop those guys again. And then, and then their defense, their defense, they run all over the place, and they're really, really active, and they're very aggressive. So, you know, we'll have our hands, hands full with New Albany. They're a good football team. You mentioned it earlier that you have to focus each game each week. You can't look ahead to week nine or week ten. And in the league that you play in, in the Ohio Capital mm -hmm. Conference, and you know this because you've been around this league for a long, long time, yeah. if you do that, you're, it's going to be a tough way to try to get through a season. So I guess you, ha you, you have to have that mindset, don't you, each week that this is our opponent. We're not going to worry about week seven. We're not going to worry about week nine because we've got another yeah. OCC opponent this week. Exactly, because and we tell our kids that uh, this is the biggest game on our schedule because it's the one we're playing. And, and I'm telling you what, every team in our league, if you are not ready in our league, you're going to get beat. If you're taking somebody for granted or just didn't have a great week of practice and you're not showing up, you're going to lose. And I don't care who you are, you're going to lose. Our league is exceptional from top to bottom. Coach, I, I'm very happy for the start you have with your program. And I can tell just by looking at you right now uh, that you're you're all bought in. I mean, you're a Grove City guy, as we touched on at the top of this. And this is where you want to be. And it's obvious your kids have bought into it. And you've got the program headed in the right direction. Congratulations on the start. And thanks for spending some time with us tonight here on Ohio Football Weekly. Well, Marty, we appreciate you having me on. And, um, and, and we really appreciate everything you guys do for high school sports and sports around the state of Ohio. And I want to thank you very much for that. Coach, I think at one time you might have fouled – I might have fouled out of a game trying to guard you in basketball. You played at Grove City, correct? I did. I okay, did. I, play, I, I played at Whitehall. So we graduated the same year in 1980. So we, I remember yep. playing at Grove City. I, I'm pretty sure that I probably fouled out trying to cover you. or, or well, something. Well, I, I don't know. I, I probably hacked the crap out of it because I was a hack <laughs> on defense. I know that. Well, defense I was just something I did between – <laughs> Defense was just something I did between possessions. So that, that's, yeah, well, that, that's, that's the way we looked at it. So well, I, I just came down and gave it to all these guys. I thought they were shooters, and I just went back and played defense. <laughs> Coach, best of luck the rest of the way out. We appreciate your time. Thanks, Marty. Appreciate it. All right, Greg Waits, the head football coach, and the used to be the head basketball coach at Grove City. He has the Greyhounds out of the gate at 4-0 right now. They have a huge one coming up on Friday night when they take on 4-1 New Albany. They've still got some big games left. A couple of 4-1 teams still left on their schedule in Westerville Central, or uh, Pickering and North, rather, and Gahanna Lincoln. We'll step aside, take a quick time out, and continue along on this Wednesday evening edition. This is Ohio Football Weekly. Hello, I am Amy J. Ross Womack, the Executive Director of the Ohio Sickle Cell and Health Association, and I'm here to talk to the parents and student athletes about a very important topic. The NCAA has instituted different standards for all divisions of student athletes. Before you can play sports in any college or university, you must present a negative trait status or hemoglobin status documentation. Your hemoglobin status is taken at birth with the newborn screening. 
And what they do is they run your blood for any abnormality or any birth defect. There are thousands of newborn screening birth defects in this country. For more information about sickle cell disease, sickle cell trait testing, you can call our offices at 614-228-0157. Or you can visit us via web at ohiosicklecell.org. head coach of football and boys varsity basketball. Again, for those who don't know, uh, your two sons play both football and basketball and, and play other sports as well too, Unioto. So that has to help as well too, I think, for you to, again, um, people think, right, well, how's he going to deal with his family? You mentioned your wife and how supportive she is, obviously, to what you do. But your two sons are playing all the sports that you coach. So that helps right. as well too. You're with them every day. It does. Um, you know, it's and I'm, and I'm sure it's not the easiest thing in the world for them at times. Um, but um, this is this is uh, going on year three of, of doing this. And I think that it's gotten easier each of the years. Uh, when I first started doing it, uh, Blake was in eighth grade. Newton was a freshman. Um, and then obviously last year, freshmen, sophomores. And now this year, they're, they're sophomores and juniors. So it's gotten easier um, uh, for them as that's as that's gone on. And and really, you know, it's gone so fast that I look at it and think well, I only have, you know, two more years of this with them both at the same time. And I uh, have really just tried to take a step back and, and really enjoy it a little bit more than maybe I had. And that's an interesting point because, as we all know, those of us that have kids and have raised children, it goes by in the blink of an eye. And before you know it, they're off doing other things. And you have a chance now to watch them continue to grow and help them mold, and help mold them uh, into great athletes and great student athletes as well, too. And I think that's a very key point in all this for you. Uh, for your football program, as we mentioned, uh, coming in off the win last week over a defending champion, Piketon, a 36-6 win. Uh, the folks at Piketon, I thought, did a really nice thing. For those who don't know, your program has dealt and your school has dealt with some tragedy off the field as well, too, over the last year or so. Uh, the folks at Piketon stepped forward last week and donated half of the 50-50 pot uh, to, to the, the, the fund last week. Maybe tell us about that a little bit. And, and, and I think that just shows for the people who don't know, Matt, what the Scioto Valley Conference is really like. This is a pretty tightly packed conference of good people who understand what each program goes through. Absolutely. Um, you know, our, our, uh, our school and our, and our basketball program lost a freshman last year, um, Jude Little, um, to an illness he, he had been battling. And uh, it was really difficult for, for our school and our, and our basketball program to overcome. But uh, one of the things that has allowed us to do that is is the tightness of our community. Um, you know, Jude originally was from Piketon. He and his family moved to the Unioda School District when Jude was in sixth grade. Um, but, you know, it, it's it's such a community. Uh, the SVC is, um, you know, it's, it's a very intense, intense, uh, you know, co co when we're comp when competing, it's very intense, uh, you know, uh, because it is such a small community in terms of uh, how close all of the school districts are to one another. But uh, anytime tragedy hits, uh, you, you can, you know, you feel good knowing that those people have your back. And, and you know, th this, this tragedy that we dealt with happened in January. And, you know, here we are in September and they're still trying to, um, you know, show their support uh, by no donating so much money. I think it was close to $1,600 that they donated to the Jude Little Foundation, which in turn goes back um, into all of the Side of Valley Conference schools. Uh, offering scholarships to each of those eight schools, uh, graduating seniors. Um, so it kind of just comes full circle. You know, they put that money in. Uh, the little family, Mike and Aaron, 
um, take that money and set aside $1,000 for each of the Sacramento Valley Conference schools to uh, give to a graduating senior each year. So, uh, you know, it's, it's a blessing to be a part of such a, such a great league and such a great community. All right, let's talk about your team right now. Uh, you mentioned uh, uh, Blake and Newton, uh, your, your sons, who are a quarterback wide receiver on the football team. But you've got a lot of talent on both sides of the football, Coach. Maybe break it down for us offensively, along with your two sons who start for you, uh, some of the other standouts on both sides of the ball for you right now. Well, I think one of the things uh, with our football team is, is our depth is amazing right now. Um, our offensive line, which continues to get better each week, um, those guys only play on the offensive line. So, you know, that helps us in terms of practice going uh, ones on ones up front because in turn, our defensive line only plays one way as well. So, um, you know, we got guys up there. Um, I think we have to start yet. When you talk about that group, you got to start with our leader, a three year starter and captain, Nathan Morrison, who plays center for us. Um, and, you, you know, he just he just is always in the right place at the right time and making sure everyone's doing the right thing. So, you know, he really leads that group. Um, in terms of our, our skill guys offensively, uh, we have a, a, a plethora of running backs. Corbin DeMint is our starting tailback. He's averaging over six yards of carry. And then uh, Matt Griffin um, spells him at tailback too. And, and this is funny to say this, uh, and probably people may think I'm crazy, but uh, Matt Griffin averages 15 yards of carry, but he plays more defensively than he does on offense. It's just when he touches it offensively, uh, it seems like we've worn teams down and he's still a little bit fresh and he only averages six or seven carries a game. Uh, and then Cody Tuttle, um, Casey Dre are also huge pieces out of the backfield as well as Holden Newkirchner. And then uh, you mentioned Newton Hoops is our quarterback. He's a two-year starter. Um, you know, I think he's thrown 12 touchdowns this season so far, a little over 800 yards and completing 65% of his passes, which is really good. Uh, and the guys he's thrown to are... Um, Blake Hoops, who's a sophomore wide receiver, I believe he's had a little over 200 yards receiving and four touchdowns. And then our uh, senior wide receiver, who's a two-time All-State player, Maddox Fox, um, is uh, right around four, 400 yards receiving and six touchdowns. Uh, he just broke our school's career reception yardage record, and he's tied our career receiving touchdowns record. And last year, he um, tied our um, single game record with 14 receptions in one game. Uh, defensively, we're just uh, really young up front. We, we start one senior, Nolan Fox. Um, as I talked about Nathan offensively on the offensive line, Nolan Fox is the leader of that defensive line uh, with uh, Andrew Griffin, senior defensive end, and Marcel, Marcel James, Xander Carey, sophomore tackles, and sophomore defensive end, KB Perkins. So those guys anchor us. And then at the linebacker position, we have a freshman, David Long, senior Cody Tuttle, and uh, uh, junior um, Ethan Summer. And then in the back half, we have, I mentioned before, Matt Griffin and Casey Dre, who just lead those guys back there. Casey leads us with three interceptions. Isaiah Cunningham is a lockdown corner. He has two interceptions. He's a senior. And then our other cornerback is sophomore, Caden Cutright. So all of those guys, uh, just tremendous athletes, have put in a lot of work in the offseason, and uh, it's paying off. Absolutely. Off to this 5-0 and start and headed to a game on 
Friday night at home with Adina in the Sado Valley Conference. And, and, and this is a league, again, for those who don't know, there's pretty good football played in this league. Uh, your program, uh, Zane Trace, is ranked in the top 10 in the state of Ohio right now. Uh, Paint Valley is, is bouncing back into format with a 3-2 and two mark. And Piketon had a tremendous run last season. So there's some good football played in the Sado Valley Conference. Matt, I know you, you think a lot about uh, or your, your focus is each game, each week out. And that's the only way you have to approach this right now. But th this is also a league where uh, I think you, you know what, what lies ahead for your football team right now and that's something that's the exciting part of this as you as you close in on the second half of the season isn't it yeah it really is because you know obviously th this is somewhat new to us uh, i think someone told me the other day that this is the first time since 1969 that union has been five and oh which is <laughs> it's kind of just mind-boggling if you think about that um but these guys have done a great job staying grounded staying humble uh, working really hard each day in practice and, and really just trying to go 1-0 every Friday night. Um, and, you know, I think as long as we can continue to do that and improve, um, we'll be where we need to be at the end of the season. And before you know it, it'll be time to roll the balls out for basketball practice, right? Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully we can delay that a little bit. <laughs> but, you know, like I said, I couldn't do this without, you know, our basketball assistant coaches, uh, P.J. Fitch, who's been a head coach in the area for, for 20 years, and and John Bruce do a nice job with our offseason program. And I, I have to mention Nick Easterday, who the first two years that I decided to do football, basketball, he had been my longtime varsity assistant coach, and he just put in hours and hours of work with the guys, you know, that weren't playing football. So, like I said, you, I, I can't do any of this without those guys. Woody Hayes said it the best. You win with people, and I'm just blessed to be surrounded by so many great people. Head coach of football and boys varsity basketball at Chillicothe Unioto. Matt Hoops, I appreciate you sticking with us tonight. Glad we got the technical difficulties worked out and we're able to bring bring you on and have uh, you get a chance to talk about your program and talk about your story a little bit. Matt, I appreciate your time. We'll see you down the road. I right, appreciate it. Thank you very much. All right, that'll do it for tonight's edition of Ohio Football Weekly. A reminder, our poll is still up for you. You have a chance to answer our question on our Ohio Football Weekly poll tonight, and you can go to my Twitter page, at Marty Bannister, and we're asking you tonight, should the OHSAA leave the football championships in Stark County or rotate sites? And right now, keep the games in Canton has a rather substantial lead in the poll right now, followed by rotating the sites and also as well, too, by playing the games only at Ohio State. Before we wrap things up tonight, we, we want to mention uh, some sad news coming out of the northwestern part of the state. If you know anything about the Midwest Athletic Conference, the closeness of that league, we're talking about the closeness of the Scioto Valley Conference, uh, smaller schools uh, all seem to rally around one another. Well, I know they're doing that tonight in the Midwest Athletic Conference and in the northwest part of the state. Brian Harlemert, who was the longtime baseball coach at Coldwater, has passed away at the age of 51. Uh, a, uh, a guy who anybody you talk to in that part of the state will tell you uh, that Brian Harlemert was just a class guy from uh, on the field, off the field. The student body loved him. He was such a big part of the Coldwater community and passing away unexpectedly at the age of 51. So we certainly send out our thoughts and prayers to the folks in the Coldwater community and as well in that Midwest Athletic Conference and all the folks that surround that program. We're thinking of you here at Ohio Football Weekly as you deal with a very difficult time. That'll do it for this evening's program. Thanks to Adam Dell for running the show, as always, doing a great job dealing with some technical difficulties and getting, our, getting you a chance to hear everybody we had scheduled for the program tonight. That's the whole point of it. And again, we thank all the coaches who visited with us, Brett Glass, as well as Matt Hoops from Unioto and Greg Waits from Grove City and our friend Ryan Miller visiting with us as well, too. That will do it for this edition of Ohio Football Weekly. Check out our social media sites. You can see clips of this program, and there you see how you can access us as well, too. We're back with you next Wednesday night at 630 to once again talk 
high school football in the state of Ohio on Ohio Football Weekly.